Welcome back to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Your host is always Tano Dimling. The WILC World Indoor Lacrosse Championships have wrapped up. Recording this on Sunday night. Championship or gold medal game happened Saturday night. Canada took down Iroquois, Iroquois, however you want to say it. And the second contest of the tournament, um, it was a 19-12 to victory for Canada in this one. They are, I believe it's 29-0 and at the moment at the WILC. Undefeated, they've never lost as they win their fifth gold medal. Congrats to Canada on that. Like, and honestly, like, even though the competition isn't there yet on an international level, um, outside of Canada, Iroquois, and the United States, and then England showed some some promise, and so did Finland. And we'll talk about a couple of those teams later on this podcast. But <clears throat> even with the talent disparity. Unbelievable um, to be in the position that Canada is in winning the fifth championship. And um, just starting off talking about that game, like that, that it was a 19 12 victory. And I'm pretty sure every single person that was in that building will tell you it didn't feel, but everyone who watched the game um, will tell you it, it wasn't a 19 12 game. Like the, it did not feel like that. Yes, Canada dominated for most of the game, and I thought they had an upper hand from probably, you know, early in the second. Yeah, second quarter on, I you know I felt Canada had the upper hand, and it you know it just was too much for the Iroquois overcome. And I do want to mention Lyle Thompson did play in this game after missing. The entire tournament pretty much got hurt. Uh, three and a half minutes into their first game of the tournament against Israel back last Thursday. Um, so by the time you listen to this now, two weeks ago almost, is when Lyle got hurt. Um, some mixed reports of what it was, high ankle, uh, Charlie Horse type thing. Um, but you could, you could tell, like... And, again, a 70% Lyle Thompson I would rather have than no Lyle Thompson. Um, even 30% Lyle Thompson. Heck, I'd take that over a no Lyle Thompson. He's just that good of a player. Uh, the best in the world, if not uh, at least one of the best in the world. And, you you know, ha- not having a guy like that, even even if his 70% is better than the next guy's 100%, um, just not having him fully healthy, I think, really hurt this this Iroquois team, and really a lot of injuries uh, did as well. So they lost, um, and certainly no no shame in losing to a team like Canada, especially under the circumstances with all those injuries. Uh, Thomas Hogarth out for this one as well. I believe he got, he got hurt in that last game against Canada uh, in the pool play and hasn't played since about two games ago for the Iroquois. So... Canada beats Iroquois 19-12. to I really, this was a tale of kind of, you know, it, 
Canada was able to get some steam late in that second half. It carried over into the second half. They went on a couple of runs, uh, one three-goal run in the third, and then it was back and forth. Like the 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 fourth quarter of this game, especially the final, you know, eight nine minutes. It, I mean, it was up in the balance. Uh, Iroquois, Lyle Thompson got on the board, his first goal of the tournament, um, off, off a feed from Jordan Durston, I believe it was, uh, with 8.36 left. Just rips one from the outside, puts it right past Mike Poulin, who played the whole game for Canada in that. Uh, Warren Hill played most of the game for Iroquois. Um, he did come out for about two minutes to get to get a breather. And you can tell J- Doug Jamison was absolutely hurt. He couldn't really go down much. Uh, but back to this, back to the gameplay, though. Um, like 8.36 on the clock, and Canada, excuse me, Iroquois cuts it to 15-10. to 10. And you start to wonder, okay, are they going to be able to make a comeback here? Robert Church answers pretty quickly for Canada. Get it to 16-10. to 10. Uh, literally less than a minute later, um, probably just maybe 50 seconds later, Dehoken Anacoke scores for Iroquois. And then you have Curtis Dixon and Zed Williams back and forth. Uh, really what I think killed the Iroquois, I believe it was after that Dixon goal, there was, there was about three minutes in between where no one scored. Iroquois had a Let's check the. Yeah, it was in in the middle of there, about the five minute mark. They had a power play. I believe it was the first power play that no one had scored on, all game, and they had won. You know, last five minutes of the game, could have capitalized on that, and and they just didn't. Um. Last five six minutes of the game, I believe it was. And they weren't able to capitalize, and that really, really hurt them. Like they went a while without a goal from their uh, their line. And, uh, Dane Doby and Chris Corbeil score in the last three minutes of the game to uh, secure the win for Canada. Uh, Chris Corbeil with a empty netter, about two fifty left in the game. Uh, and it they just went. It this just was not not. It it felt like the whole time that you felt like okay, this could be the year that Canada loses. Obviously, it was not. Um, but certainly, uh, I say this again, Iroquois. It was a fantastic game. It was not a. This was not a nineteen to twelve game. You know, take away a couple of those. It, it wasn't ticky tack penalties, but. Take away a couple of those ticky-tack penalties that they may have called a little early on in the game when both sides are starting to feel each other out. And Canada, I believe, got... They converted on every single one of the power plays, but take away a couple of those extra opportunities. Yeah, at the end of the first, there was two power plays. You know, yeah, were they warranted? Yeah, but I thought y- y- you could have held off a little bit. And they had one to start the second as well, early in the second. That they got uh, three goals, power plays right there. Three in a row. Iroquois had one uh, even strength goal to end the first, but Canada 
gets that power play. Third power play goal of the game for Canada to start the second. I think kind of from there on, it was a tale of Iroquois trying to get back in this game, and they just can't. And one thing I noticed, and I, I believe they said it on the broadcast, was Iroquois, and this is the first time I've ever seen this, they were settling for these outside shots. And it really it looked like I was watching the USA play because they're not getting inside. They can't get inside. They tr- they had a couple opportunities with Dehoka and a couple other guys. Where it was just either the defense was there and clogged it, um, or they ju- they just couldn't handle the handle the ball, couldn't couldn't catch it. Um, And just a couple of those little mistakes and little things they weren't able to do. And credit to the Canada uh, Canadian defense for for being that stout all game long. Um, and you know, key key guys here for Canada. I I, I thought Curtis Dixon. That's some of the best lacrosse I've ever seen him play in my life. Like honestly, he had five goals, two assists in this game. Dane Doby had 10 points, 3 goals, 7 assists. I thought both of those guys absolutely made the difference in this game. They let Curtis Dixon get too hot too early, and he just burned them. As I mentioned, 5 goals in the game, and it was unbelievable what we saw from Curtis Dixon. Um, and, you know, you don't normally see Curtis Dixon taking outside shots. Uh, he made 2 in a row from the same spot. He made one. I swear he shot that one. You know, they're in Langley, British Columbia, which is uh, lower mainland. And I think I put on Twitter. You know, he he shot that one from Vancouver Island. Um, it, it was it was uh, amazing what Curtis Dixon was able to do and Dane Doby coming off an NLL MVP award. Uh, obviously playing just out of his mind as well. Uh, Dane Smith. I, I believe it was a. I believe it was a. Uh, Bug Matthews to Dane Smith was that one at the end of the game. I don't know how he fit that one in there. Warren Hill is going down. First of all, the ball moving on this play was fantastic. Warren Hill is in is in that for court. He's going down. And the ball literally like they show the replay. It like if if, if Dane Smith would have released the ball a second later, it's getting saved. Like it was absolutely Amazing. He fit that ball in. I don't know how that ball even got through. It, he fitted it in this one of the tightest spaces I've ever seen anyone shoot through. Um, it's just amazing what those guys did. Uh, but then, you know, the MVP of the tournament, Cody Jamison for Iroquois. He was the heart and soul of this team. He was the heart and soul of this tournament. Love watching Cody Jamison play. He absolutely carried this team. He had. Three goals, one a uh, three assist, one goal in this turn in the in this game. Uh, Zed Williams with five goals and one assist, six points in this game against Canada, and he absolutely I thought both of those guys played outstanding. Uh, Dehokanana Coke always love watching him play, but I'll tell you what, and and this is every time I watch this guy play, I come away more and more impressed. And I'm talking in the field game, in the box game, in both disciplines. Kyle Jackson and this he he plays so well and he does so many little things that you really have to watch him play 
to notice what he's doing. And if you watch, and you've, and they weren't able to do this as much, but because they were kind of shutting Jackson down a little bit, the can, uh, Canada defense wasn't not allowing these to happen. But, you know, when you watch them against the USA, against Canada the first time, against England, against Israel, against the other teams, Kyle Jackson, like, he's setting these picks up top that are getting Cody Jamison, are getting Randy Stotts, are getting Jordan Dostin, are getting Zed Williams open to shoot from outside and opening lanes for them to step in inside and get in and, and get guys to cut inside and opening passing lanes. Kyle Jackson, you could argue, is the most important team or excuse me, most important player for this team just because of what he was able to do as just a a, a kind of do it all guy. Like he like he's the you know, you always hear the tone like that. The guy's a Swiss Army knife. Kyle Jackson was absolutely that for Iroquois in this tournament. And I'm excited to see him play in Halifax this year. You got some it's it's a younger team there they got. Uh with you no know, they traded a lot of guys away before they moved from Rochester to Halifax. They got some young guys coming in. You got a Clark uh Clark Peterson coming in from uh you no know, just got drafted. Played at Cornell in college, played for Brampton, uh, Junior A and uh, Senior A. You know, unbelievably talented player. Just those two together, I mean, that's gonna be pretty dangerous. I Chris Bushy's another guy. They got a younger guy there. Um, that team's gonna be exciting to watch, and and Kyle Jackson certainly. If, if you're looking for someone to watch that is a a, a gritty player, that's gonna put it all on the line um, every game, and, and you're looking for a guy like that, Kyle Jackson is your guy. Because, I mean, he he does it in every single game. And, again, I come away every single game more and more impressed with Kyle Jackson. Uh, before we wrap this, this one up here, uh, this segment, looking at the goaltending battle. So, Canada actually outshot Iroquois in this one, 57 to 54. Uh, Iroquois goaltender, I mentioned Doug Jamison, he got uh, about a minute and 117 in. I believe that was like midway, it was end of the second quarter, midway through the second is when he got in there, I believe. Um, one save off of two shots. And after he let that one in, he was like, I'm done, guys. Get me out of here. He went to the bench, and they put one hill back in after getting him a breather. One hill, uh, 6.85 save percentage, 37 saves off of 54 shots. And then you look at Canada. They played Mike Poulin all game long. He had 42 saves off of 54 shots from point seven seven eight save percentage in the entire game there. So Canada, they take home the gold, the fifth straight gold medal at the World Indoor Lacrosse Championships and Langley, British Columbia, 19-12 victory. Moving here to the 
bronze medal game between Canada, excuse me, between U.S. and England. USA beat England 11-8, and it, it wasn't really a pretty one for USA after the first half. Now, that second half was pretty bad um, for the U.S., and it might have been the worst half of the tournament. I mean, honestly, they played horrific. I think they got a little too comfortable because they went up 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Into the half. First half, it's a 10 to 1 USA lead. They win 11 to 8. Now, they were able to hold on, but you only have one goal in the second half. Who that who that come by? That came from uh, Connor Kelly midway through the third. Other than that, it's all England. England starts the second half very strong. Tyson Rowe, Tyson Rowe, Nate Coyle, two goals, fairly quickly early in the second. Connor Kelly finally answers for USA. Got they put an extra attacker on. And then England, they got a short-handed, short-handed goal. USA is on the power play. They don't convert, and England gets the goal. I, I believe from Caleb Kubler, I believe this was on a uh, fast break too. So, no, just not a good one. Matt Marsh got two power play goals within a few minutes of each other for. England to start that uh, fourth quarter. England, they score two more. uh, Lyndon Bunio and Matt Marsh. Uh, Matt Marsh, uh, absolutely fantastic game for Matt Marsh. He had one, uh, one, two, three, four goals in this one for England. Really the catalyst for this team. And when you look at those shots, England was just getting better shots, getting better quality shots in the second half. We had 29 shots all game. To USA 61. So it's it's not like USA didn't play good at all in this one. They just didn't play good in the second half. Weird game. But it showed the fight in this England team to really be able to and come back. Even after being down you know, a pretty hefty amount, 10-1 to 1 at the end of the first, it, it, it just wasn't, I don't know, it, it, was a, it was a really good game to watch because of that. And actually there was a point late in that, late in that fourth where I thought, man, like England's going to win this one. Obviously they lose by two, or three, three, excuse me, 11-8 USA wins. Um... There was a point, though, at the end where they had a couple really, England had a couple really good opportunities and just go out. Abrams showed up at the right time or the USA defense wasn't allowing them to get maybe as clean of a look as they would have liked. But this England team certainly had chances down the stretch. They just could not capitalize. The USA also had plenty of chances in the second half to take this lead to another level and make it just a complete blowout, which the first half was a blowout. Like, 
Cody Vazowicz scores the first goal of the game for USA. England gets a goal literally about a minute later. Matt Marsh gets their first goal of the game to tie things up at 1-1. to U.S. goes on a nine-goal run. Just complete, excuse me, complete domination on both ends of the floor. England is like it. They look to be defeated going into half, and they come back out and they played out absolutely outstanding in that second half. Very odd game uh, in terms of the way things turned, but uh, tail two halves, uh, if I've ever seen one in a lacrosse game, so. Um, absolutely uh, good game for England, good game for USA, I mean, I guess, but I, both of these teams really showed strides, and USA looks to be taking the next step, uh, and so does England. I mean, both teams, and England, they had a couple Canadian import players, uh, Canadian uh, heritage guys from, from Canada, uh, USA. Obviously, all USA guys, um, but this you know England team. I was really impressed with England. Uh, the past couple of games, like out, like they went zero and five in pool play. And they now they finish in fourth place, so they're gonna stick in that blue group coming into twenty twenty three. Then Israel, Canada, and Iroquois. So the blue group does not change. Israel actually beat Finland in that fifth place game to secure that spot in the blue group. Uh, Finland, another team that I was very impressed with during this tournament. Uh, a lot, of, I think they were pretty much all homegrown guys. If if they didn't, um, if they had one Canadian, I'm guessing it was a goaltender. <laughs> um, Netherlands also a team I was very impressed with. And it, w- one thing that you you see is like. A lot of these teams, really, I think you can look at every team and see at least one Canadian on the bench as a coach, either the head coach or an assistant coach for for one of these national teams. And just the job that Canada does in growing the game across across the globe is second to none. And coming from someone here in the United States, like I say all the time, Canada does a much better job of growing the game internationally than than the U.S. does. I think the U.S., a lot of times, uh, people here in the U.S. tend to get stuck on their own ways and, and, and their own things. And I mean, that's fine if you want to invest here, here at home. But to grow this game effectively, you got to look outside your borders. And uh, certainly, you've seen Canadians do that every single year. So also got to give some props to those guys. Uh, I know Tracy Kowalski was uh, the head coach for Team Finland. Johnny Moranian was either the head coach or an assistant coach for Team Costa Rica. And and numerous, numerous others that I could name as well. Uh, The Czechs, I believe, had a couple Canadian coaches. Uh, Well, Czech Republic probably is the... Czech Republic is the best box lacrosse country outside of Canada. Um, and the Iroquois, and no, I mean they. That's 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 a bucket list item of mine. Go over there to Prague for the Hubeski tournament, and also maybe 
in 2023 as that is where the tournament will be held I believe is what is what I've been told and also saw multiple tweets about that I don't know exactly if it's f- official yet but I did see in lacrosse we trust tweet that last night saying that the uh, trying to find a tweet here let's pull it up here The twenty twenty three and uh, while I'm working for this tweet here, um, twenty twenty three should be a, a, another good one as well. And like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict Canada ma- might lose one, might lose one. As I mentioned, they are undefeated. Um, so here we go. World Lac- World Lacrosse President Sue Redfern says there will be a women's invitational added to the next WILC in the Czech Republic. So, I'm going off that one and not off the ones. I've seen a couple that are like, oh, it's in Ireland. Well, the U19 is in Ireland next year. The U19 men's field is in Ireland and I know the countries I saw. I've I saw the countries that submitted for the twenty twenty three WILC. It's it's not Ireland, guys. That's uh, it's a little got your facts a little jumbled there. So, Czech Republic twenty twenty three. We'll see. Obviously, the same blue group, which is the top group, and then coming in. I don't know how many countries will be there. There were 20 this year. We'll, we'll see uh, seedings and schedules and all that. Uh, we'll be see later, but we can see the seedings now uh, and what kind of predicting what they'll be. Obviously, some teams may not be there. Uh, some teams may. So going over the official standings after this tournament. So you had obviously Canada number one. You have Iroquois number two. (laughs) USA three. England four. Israel five. Finland six. Czech Republic 7, Netherlands 8, Australia 9, Germany 10, Ireland 11th, Serbia 12th, Slovakia 13, Austria 14, Sweden 15, Scotland 16, Switzerland 17, Hong Kong 18th, Mexico 19th, and Costa Rica finishes in 20th place. At the World Indoor Lacrosse Championships, the 2019 World Indoor Lacrosse Championships, and those will be your, uh, I, I guess you should say, pre- preliminary standings coming into 2023. I don't know, like, you no, know, Turkey, they played in 2015, didn't play in 2019, so they're not on there. Um, 
So there's your final standings here. Some news should be coming. As I mentioned, they'll have a women's invitational over there at the 2023 tournament over in Prague. I believe it'll be in Prague, Czech Republic. Um, that's what it was last time. It was in the Czech Republic, which was so prior to 2015, 2011, I believe it was, 2011, 2010, somewhere. Yeah, 2011 was in Prague, Czech Republic. So heading back there in 2023, that will do it for our series of podcasts covering the 2019 World Indoor Lacrosse Championships. Congrats to Canada on their fifth gold medal, staying undefeated at the WILC. Also, congrats to the Iroquois on a fantastic tournament as well as they finish in second place for the fifth time. USA in third for the fifth time as well. Congrats to everyone who participated and played in this tournament. Very, very awesome to see the number of teams grow and how really each team got better day, every single day in this tournament. The box across game across the globe is exploding. It's a beautiful discipline of lacrosse as they all are. Uh, fantastic game. Look forward to 2023. This has been the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. LacrosseBucket.com. On social media at Lacrosse Bucket. Have a great week.